your job as a leader is to awaken the possibility in others. It doesn't matter what your job is or the relationship you have with the individual. Encouraging others to see the possibilities makes an impact. And it's a positive one. Through doing this, it doesn't matter if the person is a leader or chair 11 in the orchestra. When they know the role they play and the importance of their individual contribution, they understand the possibilities and embrace a proactive culture. Imagine how your life and business would look if both were aligned with your purpose. You would find clarity and confidence in decision-making, set boundaries to keep you focused, and take intentional actions which move you closer to achieving personal and professional goals. Your host, Amy Austin, is a successful entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and brand strategist. With marketing and branding experience spanning over 20 years for service industries, such as healthcare, software, and entertainment, Amy guides you and your business towards uncovering your purpose and the true foundation of your brand and brings it to life in marketing strategies that educate, engage, and empower. The Pursuit of Purpose explores how to put your unique purpose to work, building an authentic and successful service-driven brand. Each week, Amy will bring you practical advice to help you live your life and grow your business with purpose. Welcome to the December Favorites File. I cannot believe it's almost Christmas. This whole month has just flown by. This is going to be a short episode because, yes, it is almost the holidays, and I, like everyone else, is feeling the crunch of not being fully prepared. Just wanted to share a couple of quick things that have kind of piqued my interest this month and also give you a quick update at the end of the show about what to expect over the next two to three weeks. So I want to start off with the idea of possibilities. How often do you think about what is possible? Do you consider yourself a cynic or an optimist? The majority of people spend most of their time filled with anxiety and concern over making a mistake. Now imagine if you reacted to a mistake by throwing your arms in the air and exclaiming, how fascinating, and learning from the mistake rather than collapsing inward and blaming yourself and starting that spiral of negative self-talk. Or imagine this, you and a friend are looking at the same scene. Say it is of someone who is in need of help. One of you sees the situation as hopeless, and the second sees it as a possibility to provide assistance. How much different would our worlds be if we looked at it through the lens of possibility? This is what Benjamin Zander, conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra and author of The Art of Possibility, believes. He was recently a guest on the Entree Leader podcast, episode 353, and I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes. He tells members of his orchestra to throw their arms in the air when they make a mistake. How crazy that must look. But he said it's been a game changer for the quality of rehearsals that they have. He defines a cynic as a passionate person who doesn't want to be disappointed again. When you speak to their passion, rather than focusing on their fear, the cynicism disappears. Think about how that would also work in marketing your services. 
When you are met with cynicism or doubt about your product or service, speak to the passion your audience has for the outcome and help them overcome their fear of disappointment. It isn't easy for them to overcome their fear, but with you guiding them through the process, the likelihood of success increases. We are all motivated by stories, and a lot of the stories are in our heads. Negative stories such as fear and comparison cause us to spiral downward. We don't need to practice these. But the stories of possibility, or that ability to view what is going on around us or to us through a lens of possibility, this takes practice. Xander shares a story to illustrate what he means by this. He was in London giving a presentation about the appreciation of classical music to a group of about 500 or more people. When it was over, his wife asked how it went. He said it went well, with the exception of one person. That one person didn't seem engaged or interested. She replied that she didn't believe it. She was adamant. There was no way. She was positive that this person had enjoyed the presentation. That night, they were at a party, and so was this one gentleman. Xander approached him and explained that he didn't think the gentleman had enjoyed the presentation, but that his wife felt otherwise and that it was was a point of disagreement for them. The gentleman was quickly explained that he was having a diabetic episode and was afraid that he would faint if he moved, but that he had thoroughly enjoyed the presentation. Xander had followed the negative story that he allowed his mind to write, and his wife had viewed it as one of possibility. As we get older, the power of assumptions gets in our way and clouds our view of possibilities. Xander's gravitation to the negative option for the story is natural. And it reminded me of the statistic I shared a few episodes ago about how 80% or more of us seek out negative reviews before making a purchasing decision. This was in episode 20 called Names, Productivity, and Reviews, and how neuroscience is impacting buying decisions is discussed in Todd Capone's book, The Transparency Sale. And that's where that statistic of 80% or more seek out negative reviews comes from. Another quote that I appreciated from this interview was, your job as a leader is to awaken the possibility in others. It doesn't matter what your job is or the relationship you have with the individual, encouraging others to see the possibilities makes an impact, and it's a positive one. Through doing this, it doesn't matter if the person is a leader or chair 11 in the orchestra. When they know the role they play and the importance of their individual contribution, they understand the possibilities and embrace a proactive culture. Xander closes out the interview by saying that we are not training our leaders to be open to possibility. And when a leader isn't open to possibility, those who work with or are led by that individual is less likely to be open to possibility as well because they model the behaviors that they see in their leader. Too often in the pursuit of mastery, we lose why we are doing what we do. It becomes work, a chore, and the pure joy we used to get from the activity or career or our life is hidden behind the stress of perfection, comparison, and potential mistakes. But when we tap into the possibility and allow our passion to shine through, we respond as a child does, with pure enjoyment and fulfillment. I don't know about you, but I think that's the way I want to start 2020, is looking at life through the lens of possibility. 
wasn't too long ago, I was listening to a, another podcast while I was driving to a client meeting and the interview was with a woman who was looking at how to align the marketing strategies that feel the best to her clients back to their Myers-Briggs personality type. And I thought, whoa, that is really, that's really fascinating. And the more that I the more that I've thought about this and the more that I've pondered one of the things that she said, which was, it's about starting with who you are before you start identifying who your target audience is and how you need to approach them. And as I kind of reverse engineered that and looked at how I go about working with my clients, that's exactly the premise that I take. We start with understanding your brand. And part of understanding your brand is understanding who you are as a founder or who you are as an individual and how that influences the work that you do and the way that your brand is structured. So I decided I was going to look this up, her website up, and check out what my Myers-Briggs strategies should be. And it was alarmingly accurate. So when you look at the marketing strategy assessment that she provides just as the freebie because it is a paid assessment that she is that she's developed but just the teaser information I thought was spot on so I am an ENFJ although if I recall correctly that last one the J I was at a dead heat between the two um, and so I could go either direction on that but regardless of that it's still spot on this is what it says. Your best marketing strategy will include an opportunity to speak as a trusted mentor with your audience, moving them toward a desired outcome, not with strict how-tos and commanding rules, but with thoughtful questions and an inspiring air of wisdom. As someone who intuitively senses and feels things deeply, you know what people need even before they do. You also recognize your audience member will not experience lasting change unless they believe they can and then go out and make the change happen themselves. With this, you naturally step into the mentoring role, guiding your audience member without imposing. And because you tend to communicate best through verbal spoken word and with direct conversation with the person trying to make a change, you'll feel best speaking directly with your audience. Now, if that's not me, I am not sure what is. That is as spot on of a definition of who I am and what I do as I've ever seen written. Just think about that. When you are doing the best work in branding and marketing your business, it feels natural. It feels comfortable. It's authentic to who you are. How many times have you heard me say on this podcast, the reason that I podcast is because I am much more comfortable speaking than I am sitting down and writing. This is exactly what this is saying. Now, the other thing I've encountered in the last few weeks, I guess, is a lot of discussion around the Enneagram, which I'd heard of this multiple times before, and I'd never taken the assessment because I was like, really, one more assessment to take? And I still have a little bit of that feeling of, really, do we need to do one more? But I took it because a good friend of mine had recently been through a conversation in a large group about the importance of understanding our strength related to the Enneagram. And she was certain that I was a five. A five is an investigator. 
Her motivation is to need to know and uh, need to know and understand everything, to be self-sufficient. They're pursuing generosity. They're at their healthiest when they see the world through a lens of abundance, not one of lack. The document that she shared with me goes on to, to cover a lot of really good information about the investigator. So I took the assessment and it came back as a two. So a two is a caregiver and a helper. They are motivated by the need to be loved and valued and to express their positive feelings. They're pursuing humility. They're healthiest when they practice self-compassion and live with integrity. So there's a number of things about this one that really hit home with me as well. And number five, investigator was my second highest score on the Enneagram ranking system. And the third one, the third one was an eight. And that's a challenger, which the motivation is then the need to be self-reliant and strong and avoid feeling weak. And they are pursuing innocence and the healthiest lead are incredible leaders who know when to take the bull by the horns. They're ferocious defenders of the marginalized and oppressed. And they interpret things by doing and thinking and they process with doing. I'm sharing all this because as I've kind of looked, stepped back and looked at these things from the bigger picture, what I have realized is I consistently come through the same way on all of these. And I would venture to guess if you are like me and have done far too many personality assessments that they've held pretty true for you as well. And so how do you leverage those? What do you do with them? My suggestion is that you take a close look at them and figure out how can you use them in the development of your brand, in the development of your voice that you use to represent your brand through the way you write your website copy, through the way you deliver any presentations that you do, how you write your emails, any of those things that are verbal communications, verbal or written communications related to your brand should have the characteristic tones of the personality type that you best align with. And when you do that consistently over time, those are the things that you're going to become known for. So for example, when I work with clients to help them assess their voice, even if they are you know, a bigger company, I ask them to take an archetype profiling quiz, which is usually a 10 to 12 question quiz. There's a ton of them out online. A lot of them are on sites of other brand strategists and tell them to take it as if they are the business and then share that information back with me. Once I've seen that information, then we're able to find a starting point to be able to look at what's important to them. As an example, I'm a caregiver archetype. So the words that really resonate within the caregiving space include empathetic, compassionate, reassuring, supportive, trustworthy, understanding, patient. The brand voice that typically goes along with a caregiving brand is warm, gentle, and welcoming. They will let you know that you are not alone in this and that everything is going to be okay. So I guess my point in sharing all of this is... Again, if you're like me and you've taken a bazillion different personality traits, think about how you can leverage them. I mean, they're valuable for a lot of different reasons, but bring them into the essence of your brand and really start thinking about how can 
I use this information about who I am as an individual and how that influences how my business is run or how I contribute to the team that I'm part of. I think it could be really valuable for you. Just to kind of back up for a second, the personality, using the Myers-Briggs assessment to determine your best marketing strategies, you can find more information about that particular assessment on marketingpersonalities.com. And the interview that I heard her on is on the Pattern of Purpose podcast. And I will link that up in the show notes as well so that you can take a listen to that episode. The two podcasts that I've listened to about the Enneagram are on the Building the Story Brand podcast with Donald Miller. It's an interview with Ian Crone, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It's C-R-O-N. And those are episodes 124 and 125. And in both of those episodes, they walk through each of the nine different Enneagram types and talk about what are their superpowers, how do they lead, and how do you interact with each of those different Enneagrams. Ian is the author of a book called The Road Back to You. And if you're struggling to be able to articulate that brand identity for who you are, both personally and in a bigger picture... I encourage you to take a look at some of these assessments. Google an archetype quiz, take one of them, find out what you can about the different archetypes, see how they resonate with you, or do the Enneagram, or do Strength Finders. Any of them can have a really strong impact on how you view yourself and how you present yourself going forward. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I wanted to share a few things about what to expect coming up. In terms of this podcast, we are going to take a little bit of a break. I think I may have mentioned that on the last episode, but I'm going to kind of refocus during the Christmas break. And so there will not be a new episode until the week of January 6th. And that will come out at the end of the week, as I usually do. So probably on the 10th or the 11th is when you'll see a new episode. During that time, I am going to take a good look at topics and seeking out additional experts to be able to interview who are really focused on why they do what they do or understanding the purpose as part of their bigger relationship to their their business or the role that they play within their organization as well as trying to bring together some very hands-on practical approaches to work that you can do yourself to be able to further your understanding of how your purpose factors into your business and your personal life and also how can you incorporate that into the brand and marketing efforts that you're facing so that you can have a prosperous 2020. As always, if you have any ideas that you would like me to talk about or questions, please shoot me an email or leave a note on my show notes. My email address is amy at amyaustinmarketing.com and you can find all of the show notes at amyaustinmarketing.com. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season and I will see you in 2020. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. For show notes, links, and more, go to www.amyaustinmarketing.com. You can subscribe to the show and leave a rating review on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.